When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. You mean every hour on the hour? Is that what you're saying, Amy? Is that the plan? Sometimes every 15 minutes. It's all true. No question about it. Um, you, you just mentioned the fact all the people that I, that I got to know very early in life and this and the other thing, but... I must be honest with you that uh, Cliff Siegel is the one that started that. Cliff, now Lauren Siegel. Cliff and I became friends. He was working at Warner Brothers. Bo Siegel, his younger brother, was working at uh, Electra, And I was working at WDGY. Dr. George Young Radio. Ah! What do you think? WD... Oh, you remember that. Yeah, this time I did. Oh, yeah, D. But in any case, I, I was lucky enough, uh, he called on... Cliff was working at Warner Brothers at the time, and he called on the station over WDGY, and I met him there. He said, you play any sports? And I said, yeah, I play some sports, you know, whatever. And he invited me over. To, he had these backyard football games that I've been telling you about. Um, that's why I know so many people that went on to do so many great things. It was because of Cliff Siegel at the time inviting me over. Bo, his uh, brother, and I actually ended up becoming roommates, but I met... News anchors, rock stars, radio people. I mean, he Cliff knew everybody. Uh, no question about it. So it wasn't the fact that I attracted anybody myself. I was just invited into a group of people. It was kind of weird to play football with somebody who just, you know, uh, sold out a stadium with their, you know, band, obviously. And then Bobby we had on, of course, when we found out James Walsh had died, ends up with one of the biggest acts of all time. Bobby Z, just one of my favorite people in the world. But, yeah, all these different professional athletes, Vikings would show up, hockey players from the, at the time, North Stars would be there. So you met news anchors, you met sports figures, you met rock and roll stars, you met every kind. So it wasn't the fact that I'm, I attracted that kind of people. I was invited to a club where those kind of people hung out, and that's why I've known so many of them for so long. And it was all because I met Cliff Siegel. There is no doubt about that. Right. That's so. That's so fun. I mean, that's just like what a what a child. I don't want to call it childhood. Is that a childhood? Oh yeah, pretty much. Because I was, I think. Well, no, I suppose I was like twenty three at the time. So, uh, well, I was still childish. How about that? I know, right? I would still consider twenty year olds chi- children. Yeah, let yeah, that, I could see that. Let that be a lesson. Anytime you meet a guy named Cliff, just make sure that you befriend him. Because yeah, that's, yep. down in my bar, I have a signed autograph, John Ratzenberger of Cliff Clavin. Oh, and I love him. I've always said that anytime I meet a Cliff, that doesn't matter who they are, where they come from, a Cliff is a good name. It's like a Gus or a Henry or a Hank. you you, yep. you got to befriend a lot of Cliffs in your life. You want to get places, for sure. No, I don't think it's Yeah, you're, I think you got a good point there mm-hmm. because I, I'm telling you, people don't realize it's flat out because I met Cliff and then he, he introduced me to everybody. Yeah, uh, you'd go to Cliff's house, and I—the only thing that I ever, I ever—I never talked to Prince myself, but he talked to me when he was walking by. He looked at me and went, "Hi." That was my entire conversation with <laughs> that Prince. Was, that was it, huh? Wow. And he was just hanging out at Cliff's house. I would have never met Prince had I not known Cliff Siegel, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just hanging out at his house. It's like Jesus. <laughs> okay. Well, you you, uh, you did better than I did with Prince. How'd you do? Well, I was the uh, only reporter uh, allowed on the set of Purple Rain. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I was doing a piece for the uh, L.A. Times. Oh. And um, so uh, you know, it was a, I, 
I was indifferent to the whole thing, as I generally am once I have a notebook in my hand. And so uh, I sat there and I watched them uh, uh, do, a, do like a, a, a little scene. Uh, and uh, I'd been there about 10 minutes. There was a break and uh, Chick came over. Remember Chick? The body, yes, absolutely. bodyguard, yep. yeah. Large fella. Large fella, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he was large even, even next to you, but imagine next to me. So, oh my God! That guy was he was he wasn't he like seven feet tall or something? Uh, he, he was he was, he was Huntsbury was his last name, right? Yep, I yeah. think so. Yeah, yeah. Had he, had he been a professional wrestler? I can't remember. I believe he gave it a whirl. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he came over to me. Uh, I'd been there ten minutes, and he said, uh, "You're gonna have to leave." <laughs> what? And, yeah. I said, "Well, okay. Yeah. I mean, if you say I have to leave, I have to leave. Uh, why? Why? You know." I set this whole thing up. Uh, why do I have to leave? He said, well, Prince said you looked at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's Prince right there, baby. <laughs> yeah. See, the great thing about that story is I know it's true because that is Prince. Yeah, he he got he could get weird. There's no doubt about that. Oh yeah, yeah. He could also really run up the expense when he was d- doing the project because typically, you know, if if the uh, if the uh, if the uh, idea was that everyone was supposed to show up at 10 a.m., he might show up at 10 p.m. Sure. So uh, there was a lot of money wasted, you know, because people were getting double time waiting for Prince to show up. Oh, sure. No doubt about it. You know, and I look. I'm getting messages from Brittany and from Rudy off the air. It's like, see, I told you not to have, you know, talk about, uh, you know, playing football with, uh, you know, St. Louis Park Jews, and now we got another one. Gelfan showed up. <laughs> you well, know, I got to be honest with you, Mike. Yeah. If it weren't for St. Louis Park Jews, my life would be completely different, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, I think that's true of me too, and you know, it's but, true. And of course, I didn't go to St. Louis Park High School. No, but but right. one thing I discovered very quickly um, when I when I moved to St. Louis Park, uh, when you know this is like I was I was living in St. Louis Park. Uh, well, when you know when we first met, and uh, I was living right on the borderline between Minneapolis and St. Louis Park, and I and I, all of a sudden you know I realized that every single person it wasn't just the Jews, but every single person who went to St. Louis Park High School, like in the in the last like sixty years. Mm-hmm. They all know each other. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's exactly what I'm talking about, Mike. Is that that I, because I did meet Cliff and Bo Siegel, I got to know everybody, and I have cherished these friendships now for 50 years. My God, it's been that long. Uh, it's a wonderful St. Louis Park is a highly underrated city, don't you think? Well, I, I think it is. Yeah. I mean, it's it's got all the problems that a first ring suburb has. Yeah. So there yep. is that, but it's got a rich history, and uh, and and is a very diverse suburb too. Yeah, it is. No, you're absolutely right. But it's got uh, it's def- definitely has the same crisis that most schools have these days, which is it's it's a it's a crisis in education. Isn't it sad that not didn't they say in the top top tier of schools in Minnesota they couldn't find a kid that could pass a math or reading test? Well, yeah, now they just opt out of a lot of these these t- uh, tests. Right, right. No, Why? It's, it's a bad situation, and obviously it got a lot worse during the pandemic. Yes, it did. There's no question about it. But why are we why are we asking people to look? Demands on children are necessary. If you're a teacher and your kid doesn't know how to read, how to write, how to do math, any of the rest of it, you need to put some pressure on them and say you're not going to be able to survive without knowing these things. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you encourage them to maybe pay a little attention? Well, you know, I have a, a warped perspective because not you. <laughs> well, well, it's just that I could not pay attention. I mean, I'm I'm just the classic no, ADHD guy. So if I wasn't interested, then I wasn't going to pay attention. And and it was just it wasn't wasn't that I that wasn't a decision I made. That was just the way the brain worked. And and I think people are. I mean, increasingly. Uh, people realize the kids realize that that uh, probably uh, probably algebra is never going to factor into anything they do. Right. And but that's that's the small part of it. The bigger part is just you've got people who uh, they they go to school without ever having learned how to learn. 
Yeah, that's a good way to put it. No, I think you're absolutely right about it. Now, today, by the way, a lucky call for me is it's Thursday, so therefore I will be doing uh, the family show today with Mike Gelfand and my son Andy, and when you two are in the same room, it's like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So all I have to say is, oh, my God. You two have a little bit of knowledge combined. I don't know if you know that or not. Well, Andy's amazing, yeah. He, he uh, he, He should go on Jeopardy, I think. He should. Oh God, absolutely. He would slaughter everyone with his very knowledgeable. He must take after his mother, don't you think? Uh, he takes after someone uh, other than you, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> whomever it is, Tom. No, he's he's. I mean, he's definitely a byproduct of his parents, and uh, you, I think he's very fortunate in that respect. God, it's so great sitting in that studio with you guys and. I don't know, Andy, uh, I don't know who's going to host the show today, but maybe it'll just be the three of us, because I think he was going to call Jimmy Francis, the uh, ah. the mayor of South St. Paul, to come in, but I don't know. Yeah, Jimmy's always a fun time. I love Jimmy. Yeah, he's, he's a great, great guy. Yeah. It's, I thought it was interesting when we had, we had Ellie, Nick, and Jimmy doing the podcast a few weeks ago. Yeah. And yep. it occurred to me that not only had both of them, have, have both of them run for mayor, but they probably both got just about the same number of votes. <laughs> you think so? You think one? Is that what you're saying? One vote? No, I'm I'm saying that that you know it was enough. It was enough. Those votes were enough for for Jimmy to be the perennial mayor of South St. Paul. Yeah. But yep. for Nick, not exactly getting him to into the mayoral office in Minneapolis. That's where you ran was in Minneapolis. That's yeah. right. I forgot because yeah. he used to live downtown. Back in the day, can you imagine L.A. Nick as your? Well, although I got to be honest with you, I would probably prefer L.A. Nick to the last few we've had. Yeah, well, I would. I I think that I think that Fry is is uh, doing the best job he can. I mean, he's earnest. Yeah, maybe. And he's he's. I mean, it's a mess. It's a hot mess being mayor of of, of any city. But you know, he's the guy yeah. who you have to remember. He's the guy who. Just instantly, he didn't hesitate when they were talking about defunding the police. He said, it's not going to happen. Yeah, no, that was a good move. You're absolutely right. Uh, yeah, it's, what do you, what the hell? I just, uh, I don't know if somebody just sent this to me. It just popped up on my screen. Uh, this is not going to go well for whomever owns this vehicle. Um, traffic in Palm Beach was a bit weird, Police, woman drove Rolls Royce through a yard, past a hotel, right through a uh, concrete wall, uh, concrete fence. Not a, it was not a wall. You know those little concrete posts they use sure. uh-huh. for fencing? Yeah. Drove right through it onto the beach in a convertible <laughs> brand new Rolls Royce. Oh, no. <laughs> is, that, is that where valet parking started? or <laughs> I don't know. Just but miss it. I'm looking at about probably what are those things now? Seven, eight hundred thousand, a million bucks a piece. Ugh. I mean, I don't even know how much Rolls Royce costs. Do you? Oh, no idea. You don't see a lot of them on the street. Not in Minnesota. You never see a Rolls no. Royce. I used to in North Minneapolis once in a while. Some of the people who lived west of Penn Avenue, if you know what I'm saying, uh-huh. Mike Gelfand, you could you'd see a Rolls Royce once in a while, a yellow one. There was a guy that drove a yellow one for a long time, but then I think it got damaged in a tornado or something. Whoa. I don't know if Something I'd like want that. to leave my uh, Rolls Royce parked. Like if I, let's say, I just had to run into the uh, the clinic, the Homewood Clinic. Mm-hmm. Right. I, yes. I don't know if I'd feel comfortable uh, leaving a Rolls. I don't think I'd be feel comfortable parking a Rolls Royce anywhere. <laughs> no, I think that's true. Yeah, not a lot of them in Minnesota. Minnesota is just not a not a Rolls Royce kind of state. No, I no say I say drive a kid and then just let them let them have it. Yeah. Right. Ooh, I like it. I mean, you know, you know it's going to be stolen, so no big deal. You know somebody's going to steal it anyway. Very good way to put it. A Florida resident's evening drive last week in a Rolls Royce didn't end well. Palm Beach police say a 66-year-old woman hurtled through someone's backyard in her luxury car on Friday, then crashed through a seawall before ultimately coming to a halt with its nose in the sand of the beach. The back of the car is still up on the fence, whereas the front of the car is buried in the sand. Uh, reports the Palm Beach Daily News, the police report, which says the accident took place a little after uh, 6 p.m. Eastern time on Friday, notes that video footage showed the entire incident, which ended with the car perched on a five-foot high seawall, its front touching the sand and its rear still on the seawall. 
Police say the city's fire rescue division retrieved the woman, a local, from her car and gave her a quick check before taking her to a nearby medical center. She reportedly uh, told cops she didn't remember what happened earlier that afternoon. Cops say she didn't seem to be intoxicated. <laughs> oh, okay. No one else was hurt in the incident, and the woman's uh, rolls was towed away. Meanwhile, the homeowner whose property she plowed through says a uh, call. Oh, God. She plowed through the yard, and she damaged a coral art sculpture worth $3 million. Whoa. Woo. Maybe that was a uh, statement she was making. Mm, you think yes. that was? Yes, I get that. She didn't like the art? Is that what you're saying? Um, yeah, something like that. You know, well, I suppose uh, it's possible, yeah. A few years ago, it's been a while, but a few years ago, um, well, first let me say, you know, you know how those post offices, especially in Florida, how they look, they're all, they're all basically the same, it's the same thing, and they've got the, the big glass windows in front. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Well, um, the uh, Department of, of uh, Transportation in Florida had to put out a press release begging people, I think this was aimed mostly at the elderly, Begging people not to drive through those windows. <laughs> Please don't. Really? Well, it was kind of an epidemic, you know, because for one thing, if if you've been to a post office lately or in the last 40 years, it's a, it's basically an elderly clientele anyway. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, you're right. Because people like, like my dad, he if he had a letter to mail, he had to do it at the post office. He, you know, he couldn't just put it in yeah. the mail slot somewhere. Oh, yeah. He felt You're much right. more comfortable doing it at the post office. So a lot of these people would, would go to the post office, and uh, then um, they'd, they'd drive out, but, um, you know, maybe, maybe they'd put the car in reverse instead of forward. And before you knew it, uh, the car had gone through those windows. God. So there was, a, I don't know if it still is, but there was a, it, it was a, the architectural choice was not, uh, it didn't, it just didn't coexist with reality. And the reality was that all these old, old people were going to drive through the damn window. <laughs> God, it is pretty amazing. There's no question about that. So you got people driving through windows, through uh, concrete fences onto the beach. You know, it's a good look. Yeah, they used to put um, like these like stickers on windows because birds would crash into them all the time. Like, oh, if you have yeah, that happen, yeah. so maybe yep. if they put a bunch of like uh, I don't know, like Matlock um, life size you know stickers on there, they'd be less likely to crash into it. I have a question for you guys because immediately, if I lived in this, I haven't seen the whole house, but this house has got to be worth about fifty million dollars, mm-hmm. right? The one that the car, the car drove through the yard and onto the beach, destroying a $3 million sculpture. Maybe the house might even be worth a lot more than $50 million. I don't even know anymore that the Rush Limbaugh's house just sold for $115 million. Mm-hmm. Jesus. I'm like, really? But I got to be honest with you. If I, if I owned a $50 million house on the beach in Florida, I'd make sure there was a gigantic fence in front of my house where this could never happen. Well, wouldn't you? Uh, if I lived uh, in a house on the on a beach in Florida, I would move. I <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't care much for it. Well, is I that think, what you're I saying? I think the future is not good for houses on the beach. Oh, you think so, really? Yeah, I think so. Well, why? Because of the rising tide? Yeah. Well, that's going to happen in the eastern hemisphere much sooner than it's going to happen here, so at least we'll see it coming. Well, you know, I mean, cuz like they didn't see it coming and, you know, when those those uh, high-rise condos f- broke and fell into the ocean in Florida. Yeah. So there's going to be more of that, is what I'm saying. But well, I think you're probably right. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's just inevitable. I. That's why I think uh, a lot of those people are moving to Duluth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get a good laugh out of that. <laughs> yeah. I love Duluth. Don't get me wrong. But ain't every anybody moving from Florida to Duluth? <laughs> I can promise you that. Well, you know, they say Duluth is is uh, like you know. Uh, of all the cities that seem to be least susceptible to uh, to climate events, mm-hmm. Duluth is right up there on top. There, it's uh, one of the safer places. I, I I don't know if anyone from anywhere is moving to Duluth. Well, maybe people from Proctor are. I love Duluth, though, man. What a what a fun town that is. 
Um, great golf courses. You got the uh, the ocean right there. Great, well, you get the ocean. I mean, the lake. Right there. <laughs> well, that they was do, really good. Tom. They call Duluth the Miami of Minnesota, so that makes yeah, sense. Sure. That actually tracks because of the crime. Mm, yes, <laughs> a lot of people get there by tire. Yep. Is that how? Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> this That's is all exactly true. Right. All I remember about um, my various days in Duluth is. I immediately, uh, immediately, the first thing I do when I get to Duluth is I go into the Minnesota hunch position. Mm. Sure. You know, sure. it's just like an instinct. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my shoulders are like above my ears, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I know it's unfair, but it's, I, as they, as they like, as we like to say in Minneapolis, St. Paul, wherever, uh, you know, it keeps the riffraff out the way. Yeah. Yes. And, mm-hmm. I, and I believe that, except when I look in the mirror. This is true. <laughs> now, when you look in the mirror, it kind of spins a different story. Is well, that it? It, it says to me, well, if the riffraff, uh, if we keep the riffraff out, what is this guy in the mirror doing here? Yeah, I understand. We'll take a break. Be right back. We're on a few spots here. Uh, and then we got Mike Gelfand, along with Score North's Judd Zolgad, Brittany, Rudy, and some other hunyuk wearing a green shirt today. Guess who that would be? Is that you? You got it. Woohoo! My green shirt on, man. Nice. We will be right back. The last thing you think about after an accident is how your social media might be used against you. Hi, I'm Mike Bryant, and I hope you're never injured in a collision. But if you are, don't sign anything or post anything online until you've talked to us. These days, it's natural to share online what's happened to you, good and bad. When you file an injury claim, insurance adjusters will use anything they can to keep you from getting what you deserve. Your social media posts can be twisted and taken out of context. That includes words and pictures. Don't give them any fuel. Hey, you'll have the rest of your life to share the trip to the lake or your new job, but you only have one shot at winning your injury claim. If you've been in an accident, don't wait. Schedule your free case consultation now with Bradshaw and Bryant. Visit minnesotapersonalinjury.com. That's minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Seeking justice for the injured, Bradshaw and Bryant. Do you ever Google yourself? Are you happy with what you find? Or is it cringy? Are you a business owner or on your company's marketing team? How do you feel when you Google your own place? What do you see? A non-updated social media page you don't even remember making? Ads for your competitors? An old school website with outdated information? Hubbard Interactive can help. They can do it all for your business. They're a Google Premier Partner, so they can use search engine optimization to get your click results higher. They can build a 21st century website for you that communicates all the right things all the best ways. They've got a photo and video department to make your business look sharp. Plus social media, influencer marketing, podcasting, and more. All the things that will make you a lot happier next time you Google yourself. Here's a Google search that you'll find rewarding. Hubbard Interactive. You can see all the marketing tools they've used on hundreds of successful businesses, including an extensive gallery of the great work they could help your venture with. HubbardInteractive.com. Building campaigns that connect. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call Select Quote at 1 800 330 1991. That's 1 800 330 1991. Or go to SelectQuote.com. That's 1 800 330 1991. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Gelfand in studio with us. Uh, Judd Zolgad from Score North. Uh, has he joined us already or is he going to be on in a minute or two? He's up. Magnificent. I am right here. 160 and 2 this year, I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you keep adjusting it very positive. Yep. Yep, exactly. And, you know, two's not bad. It's not great, but it's not bad. 
I got to be honest with you. I did not think they'd lose two out of three to Miami. Miami is not a very good team. Pitching though, the last two games. Yeah, that's pitch, true. Pitching. That's the thing is, and and as uh, Patrick Ricci brought up to us last week, and he's probably right. The big question mark I think about this Twins team is how consistent are they going to be at the plate? Yeah, that's a very good point. I think that's a really really good point. As a matter of fact, because they got a couple of guys on the team that aren't hitting really well right now. Uh, one of them's never going to hit well. He's a hell of an outfielder, but he's not a very good hitter. Um, right. But as long as you keep Buxton healthy, I got no problem with that at all. Uh, look, it's my team. I love the team. There's no question. I cannot wait to get back home. I'm coming back home in just about uh, what eight nine days. First place I'm going on Monday, which would be the what the 17th of April. Mm-hmm. First place I'm going is right down to the Twin Stadium and buy some uh, season tickets, man. I got, I got to start going now that I don't have to get up at four <laughs> o'clock awesome. in the morning. I'm yep. going to some games, baby. Well, you know, so having to... having a season ticket sorry, sorry. also, uh, you, you you then have the uh, you you have almost a duty to say terrible things about the team every time they lose. <laughs> I agree. Because you got a piece of the I don't Tom wants to, to do that stretch. <laughs> I don't think he wants to. No. Well, uh, I've been around a while, and I would say he will. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This you guy know. seems pretty. But since I started on this show, <laughs> this man seems incredibly positive to me. Yeah, See? Just, just, just wait till the Twins oh. go into that uh, That's, fourteen yeah. game swoon in August. <sighs> Brittany, I'm thoughts? Uh, Judd, <clears throat> I think it's adorable that one month in that you have this expectation and I'm excited for you to be disappointed. I'm on both the twins front <laughs> and the top uh, front. Brittany, I've got news. Uh, here's the, the thing. Yeah. And this is not a good thing to say about myself. People almost can never disappoint me. Oh, perfect. We because love- my expectation, my expectation <laughs> from 53 years on this planet is if you're disappointed in another person, that becomes a you problem. Yeah, I love. We love a low bar here. We love very it. Very low bar. Very love low that. bar for me. Yeah, I, I, I'd say the same. I mean, I, I, the way I grew up, disappointment would be difficult because I expect everything to be horrible. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Get, then guess what? If you get like a a smidgen of something that's positive, then right, Mike, it's oh, a absolutely, good thing. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. And I, I like. I mean, I like baseball, so I can watch a Twins game just because I like to watch a baseball game. Yeah, yep. and especially now because oh, those games. Yeah. I mean, it, it's almost like it's almost like I'm 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 watching I'm watching on on, on a DVD and I've sped it up. It's like I yes. can't believe. Well, yes. the, the pitcher just got the ball, and now he's throwing it. it, it it's, <laughs> 210. It's 210. What, 157 on, what would that have been, um, on Tuesday. Tuesday. 210 on Thursday. Yeah. Oh, it's great. <laughs> on this, Wednesday. this is um, the best fantastic. thing baseball's ever done. It's absolutely fantastic. I love it. I, watching Miami was great because I got to see Luis Arias in amped-up triple speed. You know, he's got like eight seconds to grab his batting gloves, loosen them up, tighten them up again, point to the heaven, do the sign of the cross, and get back in the batter's box. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And guess what? He's still good. Like, it doesn't affect him. That's the thing about it is how, how many, in retrospect now, we knew baseball was way too long, right? And it had bogged down. And we knew that. But did we have any idea just how much? Like when you watch this now, it's like it's. I thought we'd be talking games like two forty-five, right? Two thirty, yeah, maybe. Yep, yep. Sometimes three. Um, I had no idea how much time everybody on that field was wasting until we've seen the small sample size so far, and you realize, my God! And by the way, this is for for the old timers out there saying, "Oh, they're ruining baseball." It's up. This baseball is far more, in my opinion, comparable to the baseball of our youth guys yeah, because yeah. they didn't, as we talked about last week, I think, they did not do all of that BS previously. That was introduced like with the Yankees Red Sox and just sort of went from there. No, it's it's true, and this this is the way it could have been all along. It's a uh, it's just a different game, and uh, I think I think that uh, I think that it's made baseball a lot better in a lot of ways. 
because you don't have you know you don't have a three throws over to first and the pitcher doesn't back out and then the catcher has to come and they have to discuss the signs because yep. someone's on base you know and there's obviously cheating going on someone's looking at the signs so all that stuff is done and I, I don't think, like, uh, in Houston, I don't think they'd even have time to bang on the garbage uh, drum. <laughs> oh, I love that, though. There's no time to bang on the garbage drum. No, I think, I think that's... You know, <laughs> You're so, right. They couldn't relay the signal. You're exactly yeah, right. So that's going to cut down on the cheating. And it's just, I mean, there's so many ways it makes baseball better. Oh, God, yes. Exactly right. And, and again, you know... The hue and cry right now of some of this is the this is not the game I recognize. It's like no, what they've basically done is they took these bleeping players who are gonna, to your point, lollygag around all game and said, "Let's get going." People want to see the actual game, so mm-hmm. I'm with you guys. This has been fantastic, and and I remain. I think that my tolerance of the Twins, no matter what transpires, will be higher throughout the summer. Because at least if they do lose games, they'll lose relatively quickly. Yeah. Now, now the problem for me is I've, I've got too much time on my hands. <laughs> I'm sure you could find something else to do. Uh, you know, I, I have everything planned out, and all of a sudden I have 27 free minutes. Well, I mean, think about all of the great things that you can watch instead. Well, or, or even read. What's that? Uh, never mind. <laughs> what? You're speaking to the. I don't. I don't think that happens now. Unfortunately. Not much. No. No. Even even smart people, who I know, who, who are younger, <clears throat> my children, um, they, they may not read so much, and it's uh, it is sad. My my oldest son, he's old enough to read, and he reads a lot. But the two younger ones. Yep. It's just not going to happen. Really? Yeah, it's just not going to happen. Phones or what? Um, what instead? Yeah, I mean, phones are big, yeah, no no question. And I mean, they read, but they read, of course, on the Internet. Right. And I, I think that that, you think you lose something when you do that. Well, I have to well, ask yeah. you guys a question, because isn't part of it, at least it is for me, and I know that you know, I'm of a different era and all the rest of it, I love holding on to a book while I'm reading it. Love doing that. I'm yeah. a newspaper guy in the same way. Like, I get mocked. <laughs> what's, what's that? <laughs> you know, what, what's that thing in your hands, Judd? What are you looking at? And it, um, I, I love, and I will go to my grave loving a newspaper in, in my hand with the morning coffee. It's That's, just, yeah. I'm so used to that. It's magical. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the idea that there's so much information and intelligence in on those pages, I, I mean, when I was 14, I fell in love with newspapers, and the guys I fell in love with were guys like Breslin and Royko, sure. who I later found out like had three leg men, and it was a little disappointing. <laughs> was it really, exactly. or did that make them more characters and make you admire them more? You know, it's it's uh, when I was working in Chicago, um, uh, we had a. We 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 had a softball team. Uh, there was like a media softball league, and uh, so we uh, we played the Sun Times, uh, and uh, Royko was uh, was playing uh, in on the Sun Times uh, game, and he like it was he, he like he would dress all in black, you know, and he would argue <laughs> about the rules all the time. Uh, base softball in Chicago is a hideous sport. They play with the oversized ball. Oh, kitten ball, yeah. Kitten ball, and you can't wear a glove. Nope. I mean, we played the symphony team. Here are guys whose whose entire life depends on their fingers, and they're taking line drives right in their bare hands. <laughs> That's, That's wild. Right. Well, you can't play with a glove? What? Yeah. I've never done this before. Oh, it's, it was a horrible sport. I mean, I played two games. I said, this is just not, not for me, but, but um, Royko... I remember, I remember when uh, Royko wrote a Christmas column one year, and in the column he thanked his leg men, and uh, it was the first time he'd ever acknowledged that that he, you know, these guys were were part of part of the column. These are the guys who went out and got all the quotes, did all the work, came up with the ideas. While Royko was down at the, I can't remember the name of the bar, but anyway, um, so uh, one of the guys. 
uh, and I, I, I knew this because I, I knew guys who worked at the Sun-Times. One of the, one of the guys, one of the leg men came up to, to uh, Royco the next day after the comedy said, uh, he said, geez, Mike, that was, that column was, I, I can't thank you enough. I mean, I, that really, I just was overwhelmed. I just, it brought me to tears, uh, you know, that, those great things you said. And Royko said, shut the fuck up. I'm never doing it again. <laughs> that sounds a little bit like Sid. <laughs> yeah, so, um, different stuff, but. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Newspapers. I spend a lot of time reading newspapers, and sometimes I read them on my Kindle. Sometimes I read them like on, a, on an actual page of paper. Uh, sometimes on the internet. But there, there. I think it's great that there are a lot of ways to read newspapers. It's unfortunate that no one does it. Not anymore. No, that's true. Do you do? Okay, I'm going to ask you both this question because it came up earlier this morning. You're talking about Chicago. Do you guys think, the both of you, because you're in the business, do you think the best two news markets in the country are Chicago and Minneapolis-St. Paul? The best two news markets? Well, I mean, New York would be the best, as far as I'm I don't know. I, I've always liked the writing in Minneapolis-St. Paul better than the New York Times. I really No, I'm Still? not taking anything away from the New York Times uh, Still, at all. Tom? Uh, well, I don't. I don't really read the newspaper much anymore. That that's one problem. Yeah, I do have. I'm going to tell you it's uh, dropped off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think, and I think okay. that's that's especially true uh, locally, but not just in this market, everywhere, because the um, now I'm I have a bias. I think that I, I believe in the Socratic method. I believe that it's it's journalists need to challenge authority. Uh, and uh, but that's less and less. You're seeing that. You're yes. seeing you're seeing journalists who just are. They they have no interest in challenging authority. So the the writing is is it's just sort of um, it doesn't have much sus- substance to it. It's limp too, is what it is. There's too much regurgitation of press releases now, mm-hmm. which almost never used to take place. Yeah, and I and I feel like there's all there's a been a line blurred because we're if you're at a newspaper you know you're not supposed to be friends with the team or with the entity that you cover and i feel like that that line got blurred the other thing tom that i will say this is i don't think you can be considered a top news market unless you have at least one tabloid yeah, I, I suppose love, you're right. And, yep. and yeah. I know that they can be hanky, and I know, but I, but, but they do. The tabloids serve a purpose, mm-hmm. and and I think that you know Chicago, New York, I think Boston still ha- has one. I think you need to have a tabloid because they love to stir the pot, and and I think in our business, stirring the pot is incredibly important. Yeah, and it's not being done. No, no, I agree with you. Is and that because of advertising? Um. No, it's it's just well because because journalism is a dirty word now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know the school of journalism it doesn't exist anymore, and it's not just at the U. It's everywhere. Journalism. No one wants to be a journalist. Well, no, because they get crapped on now because they yep. they you're supposed to like the pushback, and it feels like kids today don't like that. Like you're not supposed to be universally loved or liked oh no i'm when, when i You're, covered you know yeah when i covered city hall for example i was never happier than when every single member of the city council hated me for something i wrote <laughs> yeah <laughs> because you know it. you've done something you. right if they're outraged yep and and if both sides are pissed it's even better oh, yeah. i always loved i always loved when i would write something and get calls from both sides saying i don't think that was fair and i would say you know what the people that you're going up against don't either, which means I'm doing my job. But, I, but the thing about sports is that I, I used to ask the, the, uh, the sports writers I worked with, um, did, you, did you become a sports writer because, you know, you, you just really wanted to be a journalist? Or did you just do it because you wanted to watch the games and be around the athletes? And every oh. single one said, oh, no, I, I never wanted to be a journalist. I, I just like being around the action. Really? really? Yeah. Oh, they freely admitted it. Oh my God. Basically, um, what? I mean, don't you think that ninety percent of sports writers are cheerleaders? 
You know, it's funny. It changed because the, the person that that was, of course, through my youth was that guy was Sid, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of mm-hmm. but a lot of you guys weren't. Um, I feel like that's changed, and I don't know. You know, I don't know if they're all, and there certainly are some now. I don't know if I, I would call them all cheer leaders at this point, Mike. But I think what they are is, I think that they're not interested in stirring the pot. Yeah. But why? why? And digging. Well, because the, I think because the the people who read these stories don't want the pot stirred. They want they want no. positive stories about their heroes. Why? Yeah. And and look, it's if 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 you're if you stir up the pot, I mean, you're going to walk into the locker room as I did many times, you know, and have mm-hmm. have one guy issue a death threat, another guy slamming <laughs> oh, his locker. Whoa, whoa, who issued? Who who gave you death threat? <laughs> oh yeah, it's, uh, oh come on, yeah. crew. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, just, just it was. Well, I will say this: it was nobody ever threatened to kill me except Rod Carew. <laughs> and Rod Carew, Rod Carew had totally lost the locker room, you know, by by May every year. The the great time was he was mad at me one day. Uh, the Gene Mock had had put all the guys who didn't get to play much in, and I and the Twins won. And I wrote that the uh, you know the uh, the uh, uh, I think I, what I said was the the. Uh, the uh, I can't remember how I put it, but but I just said like the you know the second team came in and won the game, and uh, I thought it was a nice story. Well, Carew claimed that it was a it was a terrible thing that I said about the guys about the reserve players, uh, you know, as if he cared. And uh, so right. so he was shouting at me in the locker room, and everyone of course was listening. And um, Bob Gorinsky. You remember Bob oh, Gorinsky? Sure. He was supposed yep. to be the next killer brew. Well, yeah, he, one he of was many, one of many, yeah. And and Bob, Bob was a nice guy, and he was one of the guys who had gotten to play that day. Didn't usually play, and uh, I said uh, when there was a break in the action, I said, "Well, well, uh, Bob, uh, what about you? Uh, you know, were, were you offended by what I said about you?" And and Gorinsky said. Oh hell no, Mike! It was one of the best stories I ever read. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get the Judd to move along here. He's got he's got other duties to take care of. But Judd, uh, I won't uh, you know tip uh, my hand here, but yeah. you've got an event coming up, and and I do. I was sent uh, an email about it, and if if you don't mind, I think I'm going to attend if you don't mind. Are you kidding? We'd love it. We'd love oh, okay. it. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, yeah I'm that... be there. Uh, First round of the draft, April twenty seventh. It, it's going to be the surly. Uh, it's going to be the surly uh, purple daily uh, score north draft party. It's going to start at six o'clock. The draft starts at uh, seven. We're actually going to be back where we were for your event, Tom, in that eleventh frame. So mm-hmm. uh, absolutely, yeah, come come out. It's going to be a, a great time. And we did it at Surly last year and packed it. It was a lot of fun there too. So. Uh, yeah, we'll spend some time drinking some beer, and we would love to see you there, Tom. And the rest of you, too. I'm going to go, if, if uh, especially if Judd promises to be at least a little buzzed. <laughs> well, you know, you know, Mike, um, let's see. It's going to be broadcast on YouTube, and it's going to be podcastable, which I think the FCC has no problem with that. So mm-hmm. I'm going to guess there's going to be a couple beers in, in front of me mm-hmm. through the course of a <laughs> four- right. Our event, or however long the draft goes. Nice. I'm, I'm going to go if I can. You can get all the other sports reporters in town to do that cheerleading pyramid because that actually sounds very nice. That I never be. said the rest of them did that, but you know, I all, all I'm saying is that when Mike talks about this business now, he knows of what he's speaking. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. I, I have this image of Sid being at the top of the pyramid. <laughs> oh, Sid. Oh, God, yeah. You know, and, then they, and then they hoist him up into the air and catch him. I think mm-hmm. that, now that, definitely, I would have paid big money to yes. see that. He, he is the George Washington of that Mount yes. Rushmore, right? There's <laughs> oh, no absolutely. question about it. I think it's All right, wonderful. guys. Thanks, Judd. See you, Judd. Thank you. Talk to you guys later. Score North Judd's whole gad, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mike Gelfan talking. See, I love listening to you guys talk about sports because you you have different takes on things. That's sports reporting back in the day was like that. You would get different opinions from different people on some of the you know radio shows, yeah. on some of the television shows. Instead of just everybody going, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, 
I liked the differing opinions. Like that, it's very enjoyable, right? It's it's so um, the, the sad thing about sports writing today is more and more it's this would be especially true in in it's not so much it's not as much in newspapers as it would be in in fan mag fan zines which are now of course online but it you got to go with the analytics and that would have just totally ruined my career because I I yeah. my thing was I like to write. I just like to write entertaining stories. Mm-hmm. I love baseball, but I wanted to write because, you know, like if the Twins were playing a doubleheader in Baltimore and there was a 20-minute delay because a bee wound up in Butch Weiniger's ear. <laughs> that's right. That, that Which, of course, happened. To me, yeah. that's the story. I would agree with you. I used to love reading. This is before I met you. I used to love reading your articles and all the rest of it. And then I believe the day I met you, you got hit in the head with a baseball, if I remember <laughs> that correctly. Not. Yes, you did. I did not. I did get, I did, I did have, um, there, was, there was an incident. I was rushing to get ready to go to the game. And uh, I, uh, I was running, running into my apartment to get something. And I sort of jumped from the, the grass on the side down into the, uh, the portico, as you might say. Portico, and I yes. and I and I and my head got uh, I just got lacerated by some overhanging concrete. Oh my God! Ouch, Jesus! So that's that's why I had the bloody towel wrapped around my head. I I was told literally that you had been hit in the head with a baseball. That's why I, I always <laughs> thought that was the story. Oh well, no, that that I I think many times I could have been. But fortunately, crew crew wasn't that accurate. <laughs> <laughs> trying to hit you with every swing. <laughs> well, I remember. Uh, I remember when Roycey, when Bert Blylevin, you know, Bert had a sense of humor that could be a little dangerous. Oh yes. And and uh, Roycey was. Uh, I think he was just. You know, he was hanging out like behind the batting cage before the game. I I think that's right. I could be. I could be wrong in these details, but. Blylevin thought it would be funny to buzz Royce's head. Oh. So Blylevin reached back for, you know, what I assume was about a 92-mile-an-hour fastball. Ooh. And, you know, inch, inches and went inches by Royce's head. And um, I don't know. I, I did not see the humor in that. No, I would understand that. There's no question. We have got to track down either a former twin or a member of the broadcast team or a current twin or whatever. Because the one thing that Burt Blylevin did absolutely perfectly was host porno movie title or not on Ah, the queue. Yes. (laughs) It was brilliant. It was was absolutely brilliant. This thing about Burt, you know, uh, I did some stuff with him um, when I was was doing stuff for, um, you know, what, what was the predecessor to what is now Bally North or whatever it's called. Right. Mm-hmm. You right. know Spectrum. I, so I was I was doing stuff originally for Midwest Sports Channel, which oh, Midwest had, Sports Channel, yeah, yeah, which became Fox and which became, you know, the whole thing. Yep. And uh, but we did some funny stuff with Bert. I mean he was up for anything. No, there's no question. I, I really enjoyed Bert. I never was out on the field with him. Now I'm glad I never was because he would have buzzed my <laughs> noggin right. as well. <laughs> But I always enjoyed working with Bert because he, I, I didn't matter what that porno movie, matter of fact, one of them was from The Simpsons, Jerkules, porno movie title or not. You remember Jerkules when when Homer wandered into the porn oh, store? Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that show to this day. What a great TV show that is. You can kind of tell that you transcend because a friend of mine for Halloween one year, big Twins fan, went out with a Twins jersey on, Twins hat, and then a giant yellow circle around him. And he went as Circle Me Bert. Yeah. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, that is brilliant. That's great. It, it is. is. It is. That is brilliant. Mm-hmm. I lo- See, that's, that's and, a twin. And fan. you know, the other thing about Bert was he would, he would express his disappointment in pictures. Mm-hmm. Which was about as close as you could get to saying, you know, this Twins pitcher just basically doesn't belong in the major leagues. Right. And, right. and, and, and I like that. I like that that honesty there, which you just rarely see. Because after all, these guys work for the Twins. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's it. That's the, See, that's the whole thing. I love my Vikings, I do. There's no question about it. But 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 I, I be honest with you, and the University of Minnesota uh, basketball team, that whole deal. I'm a huge fan. 
But baseball has exactly what you're talking Baseball has those guys. Yeah. Like Burt Blyle. That's why I love baseball so much. Some very quirky individuals. And you know, one of the best things about the game being sped up is that they no longer have time to have uh, like like 32 cutaways to Rocco, who is always sluicing it. I mean, he, he, I almost have never seen him without some liquid spitting, dribbling out of his, <laughs> out of his mouth. Now, I don't know what it is. I assume he's chewing, but some, yeah. pe- I, yeah. some people say, no, he doesn't chew. Well, I don't know. He chews, but maybe it's drools. maybe it's not tobacco. But all I know is every time they, like, here's the thing. They'll, some, they'll, the, the announcers will say, well, you know, um, Rocco thought he'd shake things up. Well, as soon as his name is mentioned, they cut to Rocco. And every single time, there is this huge gusher coming out of his mouth. Really? Oh, yes. Every single time. I mean, <laughs> 9 out of 10 for sure. I, I, I think there's something wrong there. Uh, yeah, it could be. You might be right about that. But, you know, that's, once again, baseball. Is there another sport? Because you covered a lot, a lot of sports in your lifetime, mm-hmm. Mike, right? Yeah. Is there another another sport that has an eclectic mix of goofballs like baseball does? Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think, I don't I'll, think so either. And you know, Judd was talking about that a week or two ago. That that these guys these guys tend to be more like businessmen now. Yep. Which is boring as a son bitch. Yeah, I mean, these are guys who it used to be. I always loved uh, Sunday afternoon games because uh, let's say let's say we were in Cleveland. Well, the uh, every single player and the bus on the way. And the bus, on, of course, is before the internet. But uh, on the bus on the way to the ballpark, they'd all be, they'd all have the Sunday paper in front of them, where whatever city it was, and they'd all be reading the, you know, the agate type in back of the sports section, which gave you all the stats of all the players. You remember that? Yep. And yep. you know everybody's batting average, every ERA, all that stuff, which you know, you you it was not that easy to access before the internet. Then. What would happen is the players would all get out of the bus and, and go to the locker room, and there'd, there'd be like 30 complete newspapers except for the sports section. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting in the bus. That. Oh, I bet you that's true. I bet you it's absolutely true, no question. But, you know, these are magnificent memories for us, Mike. Just going to the, first of all, Met Stadium was the very first stadium I ever sat in in my life at nine years old, the first year the Twins were in town. Yeah. I'd just come from D.C. I will never, ever forget that, that my first exposure to to big-time sports was your Minnesota Twins. And I just, because, you know, I, I guess I was born when the uh, Minneapolis Lakers were around, but I think I was like two or three when they moved, something like that. Yeah. So that was never going to happen. Always lo- I always loved going to see the Harlem Globetrotters, though, i got to be honest oh, with yeah. you. Yeah, when you're loved a kid, that's, that's a great show. There's no doubt about it. Actually, one of the guys, I can't remember, God, what was his name? Crazy? Curly? Curly! That's oh, exactly Curly Neal. Curly, Curly Neal. Very good. You guys are good, man. Curly Neal. Isn't he the one that threw the bucket of uh, of uh, shredded paper at people pretending it was water? Curly I think, Neal did I think that you're right. That was a classic bit. It was. And he threw it at me one time while I attended one of the Harlem Globetrotters really? games. I was so... Because th- I thought it was water because I had never, I'd never been there before. Yeah. I, thought he, I thought he was throwing water at me. Oh, that would have been such a cool like, <laughs> experience. Cool. And then Kevin was- Garnett came along. And he would throw talcum powder into the face of a 95-year-old man. <laughs> That's correct. Same bit, exactly. same vein. And we can't, I just can't get away from Sid, you know. He, he pops up in every conversation. <laughs> he does, you're right. I, I, I told someone the other day, they were asking me about Sid. Uh, and, you know, I explained that he was like 99 and still writing a column. Oh, Sidney. And, and uh, w- what I told this person was that Sid... Sid decided that he was never going to die because if he died a month later, he'd have to stop writing his column. <laughs> well, yes, it would take about a month, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd take about a month. Yeah, he could just do it like a you know, just just like you know, posthumous body jerks. I, I used to edit his column. I didn't know that. Yeah, when I because uh, when when the baseball season was over, I would I would typically work. Uh, 
as the uh, night sports editor. Oh, okay. Which is really a frenzied job in the old days because, like Saturdays, we had four different editions. And, God, um, isn't that amazing? So That's Sid's amazing. column would come along, and of course, I, I really, what, what was I going to do with Sid's column? Change everything? No, but that's the whole thing. You change everything or nothing. Exactly. You couldn't do it. You're no. absolutely right. So I just let it, let it go. We have to take a break. Be right back. Only got a few minutes left of the show. Right back after this Tom Bernard Show. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, president at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a community bank based right here in the Twin Cities, we believe in taking the time to get to know our customers and their businesses. And part of that is hiring and cultivating a team of experienced lenders. When your business banks with us, you're not training in a new inexperienced banker. In fact, our bankers have worked with many of the same customers for years, earning their trust. We get to know you and your business, and you get to know and rely upon us. When your business is looking to capitalize on an opportunity or solve a problem, we'll be here to help you. Tom here. I know Brad and Mike, and I trust that with my banking, they've personally delivered on everything they've just said. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here. You might not know this about me and about my family, but we're kind of Nissan strong. I say that because I own a Nissan Altima from Walzer Nissan. I love it. My son Andy owns a Nissan Rogue Sport from Walzer Nissan. And my daughter-in-law, Melissa, yep, you guessed it, drives the Nissan Kicks. And Cart's grandson, Ethan, safely around town, also purchased at Walzer Nissan. You want to know who else is Nissan strong in the Twin Cities? Walzer Nissan and their trifecta of stores. Down south, GM Dan Resch at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville. West of the Metro, just off Highway 12 and Wyzetta Boulevard, is Casey Novotny's Walzer Nissan Wyzetta. And in Coon Rapids, north side of Highway 10 and Round Lake Boulevard, Jay Buck runs the show at this Nissan store. Nissan strong and loyal like me and my family. Even if you're just Nissan curious, go to walzer.com and select the Walzer Nissan store nearest you. Walzer.com. I'm due for an oil change. Maybe I'll see you there. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. I want to check this for you because it uh, gets better and better as we go. A little weather. Sunny, but still a bit breezy and chilly. A high of 40, though. It's going to get in the 40s today, so that's good. Uh, Tomorrow, mostly sunny and warmer with a high of 50. But then Saturday, uh, I think, uh, I'm not certain, but I think that Brittany's going to get pneumonia. Yep. Are you okay? I'm. I am thriving. What are you Poor talking woman. about? It's well, just, I just. I heard one of your lungs just pop. Uh, Tom, you know, <laughs> it's so funny because I finally Poor feel woman. good, but this cough just oh, good. won't go away. Got I feel, some bad news for you. Huh? I Don't. had that cough starting on March first. I still have it about an hour a day. It goes away. It comes and goes, but I have it for. A, I still cough for about an hour a day now. I'm like I'm hitting, hitting my legal terrible. limit I can use on this like numbing <laughs> stuff because like all of a sudden I'm like, did I just relapse? I've taken enough of this like Mucinex throat numb. So we'll see. Well, this, this stuff is like a crime. You know, it's it's not so much the crime; it's the cover up. So you're yeah. trying to cover up as she is now the coughing, the wheezing, <laughs> thriving, yeah, thriving. Of course, thriving. that was the that was the word that came to my mind yeah. when I came in. Sexy, flirty. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh god. Yes. So hot. It's so sexy. <laughs> I so sorry. No, and that's... half my friends are. I like. I I got an email just before I, I left my house today from a friend, and he's in his seventies. Yeah, I got COVID, and. Uh, He's got a fever, and uh, he said he was trying to write a story, but every time he looked at what he'd written, it didn't make any sense. <laughs> well, and he's there a pretty you good go. writer too, you know. But it's this thing is is just it's awful. It is indeed. Oh, that poor woman is she's coughing her brains out. No yeah. question about it. Anyway, let me jump back into this quick. Like I said, forty today, fifty tomorrow. Saturday, mild and isolated early shower, but then partial sunshine. Sixty-two on Sunday, mild uh, partial sun with an afternoon shower, high of sixty-four. Monday, sixty-seven, and Tuesday, seventy-two degrees. What do you think of that action? Yeehaw! I mean, seventy-two this early in the year is pretty good. I would celebrate. You agree? I would celebrate more, but I'm scared I might go into a coughing fit. But yes, I'm excited. 
It is 27 right now, but 40 later on today. They still did. They moved today's uh, Twins game to tomorrow, which I think is a good call because tomorrow it's going to be 50. It's going to be sunny, warmer, high of 50 uh, for the game tomorrow. So that's great. The games this uh, weekend, 50 tomorrow, 62 on Saturday, and 64 on Sunday. Now, I have to ask you guys a question, and you can't lie. You have to be honest in your response to this, okay? Yeah, I'm on cold medicine. I'll be super honest. Okay, you'll be good. Uh, I'm going to read the story, and then you tell me, because I just saw the headline, and I almost vomited. Okay? Mm Mm-hmm. If this somehow sounds good to you, you'll have to hop a quick flight to England to try it or just make one yourself. Subway in England created a new Cadbury cream egg sandwich nope. for Easter. Nope. Nope. <laughs> that took nope. me a long time. Nope. That sounds horrible, doesn't it? I feel like Cadbury cream egg, that's one yeah. of those things that like you're not supposed to eat the whole thing anyways. Mm-mm. That's the worst thing they've done since Jared. <laughs> oh, gee, oh my God! What a horrible! Thing. Uh, there's a there's a uh, uh, don't make me laugh. There's a documentary about him out right now, isn't there? Is I there? Think. Oh, I'd like to see that. Yeah, there is. I believe it. Yeah. Oh, there is. So, mm-hmm. Rudy, you, have you seen it or just saw news of it? No, we uh, we did a, a piece on it uh, a couple of weeks back on a different podcast. Uh, but I was starting to like go down that rabbit hole, and then I thought to, I watched like the first thirty seconds because it's on Hulu. And then I thought, why do I want to bum myself out? Yeah. <laughs> There's so much exactly. good stuff out there. Why am I doing this to myself? Oh, that's bad. It's called um, Catching a Monster. Mm-hmm. Catching a Monster. There you go. So, yeah, he did work for Subway. There's no doubt about that. But um, So here, here's the deal. It's called the Cadbury Cream Egg Sub-Melt, and there's not much to it. You just a uh, bunch of Cadbury eggs crushed up and melted into a six-inch loaf of bread. Ew. That sounds terrible. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. I don't know. I, the former fat kid in me is just going nuts right now thinking about a Cadbury <laughs> cream egg sub. Oh, I'd love it. Oh. And the bread, says, is the bread real bread? Italian white bread, it's listed as. Oh, okay. Hmm. Oh, the poor white Italians. Bread. They get a bad rap all, all the time. <laughs> they yeah, have true. to be drug into Very this. True. Cadbury says Subway came up with the idea and approached them about it. They claim it's surprisingly delicious. Each Cadbury sub has 530 calories. Most of their six-inch subs are in the three to 400-calorie range. But, yeah, i got to believe your Cadbury eggs got a lot of calories and a little sugar in there, baby. Oh, right? I can still feel like when you bite into those. I remember having as a kid, you'd get one, right? And you'd be like, yep. this is going to be great. And after one bite, you're like, I think. I think I'm done with this. Yeah, it's just it's just like uh, the uh, the fried candy bars at the fair. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like a relationship, you know. Yeah. First bite, this is the greatest thing ever. I'm yeah. never gonna stop. Yeah. The second one, well, it was okay. And third one is, we're done here. We are done. <laughs> it's yeah. not. It's not you. It's me. <laughs> It's, it would be just way, way, way too sweet for me. I like sweets, but not those way over-the-top sweet things. No, when your teeth start to hurt, you know it's just too much. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's a rough one. You'll never get in an argument from me on that one. I'm just telling you flat out. That's all I'm saying. So in any case, so we've uh, we, although we, the vote was 3-1 to one because Rudy said he thinks it would be delicious. I'm in. I would love to, because I don't, like Brittany said, you got to have just a half one. You can't go full Cadbury cream yeah. egg because it's yep. too much, too rich. But just a bite, just that little bit of that sort of fake yolk in the inside, delicious. All right, we're going to close this morning with a story that you're going to be really happened didn't happen to you, either witnessing it or being the guy who did it. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. If there is a song that you must sing along to, and if you don't, you're just going to pull out a machete and run wild, uh, is that true? A 39-year-old man in Florida named Travis Jordan was at a karaoke bar on Sunday. For whatever reason, they denied his song request. Sounds like he sang one song, then wanted to do another one, so maybe it was someone else's turn. In any event, he sent Travis, this sent Travis into a rage. He pulled out an 18-inch machete. Everyone was freaking out, but no one was hurt. The bar called the police, and in the meantime, a woman asked him to hand uh, into handing her the knife. She talked him into it. Uh, she gave it to a worker who hid it until the cops arrived. Travis was charged with disorderly conduct, ladies and gentlemen. And then it says, in parentheses, sadly, there's no word what song he sang and what he wanted to sing. 
I would like that. Wouldn't you like to know what he was so pissed off that he couldn't sing? People mm-hmm. in their karaoke are really oh, intense. Yeah. I mean, they are intense people. Well, and the worst thing is that th- those are the same people who sit next to you at a concert you've been waiting to see. <sighs> oh, yeah. And they sing along I know. to every yep. song. I went to, a, I went to a Jason Isbell concert. He's, he's fantastic. Love him. King of Americana. And it was a, it was a great show. And he's got this great band, the 400 band, and uh, it was just, it was fantastic. And, of course, I've got a woman sitting next to me, and she's singing along. She knows the lyrics, and she wants you to know it. Sings along to every song. There was an intermission, and during the intermission, I, I, uh, I, I got her attention, and, I, I, was, and I, I made a big show of looking at my ticket, and I said, I, I, there's something missing on my ticket. And she said, what do you mean? I said, well, I don't see your name on it. <laughs> no. Oh. I like it. Uh, she didn't really, uh, it, didn't, it didn't move the needle. Mm-hmm. No, I, no, I don't no. think that affected her as much as, no. Yeah. no, I got in a good line, but it uh, was not effective. I just looked at Travis's picture, popped up on the screen. I guarantee the song he wanted to sing and they wouldn't let him sing was Atomic Dog by Parliament Funkadelic. There I you, guarantee it. There you go. I love that song. Bow wow wow yippee yo yippee bow wow yippee yo yippee I love that. Song. <laughs> I've always loved Parliament Funkadelic. Yeah, I would have thought it was uh, first cut as the deepest. Mm. That too. Yes. Thank you very much. Great. Just for that, you're getting kicked out of the studio <laughs> until, well, maybe eleven o'clock. We'll let you back in. What do you think? Perfect. I can't wait. All right. Thanks, folks. We'll talk, Mike. I'll talk to you in an hour, and yeah. I'll talk to the rest of you tomorrow. Bye, Tom. Thanks. Bye.